Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Radio Free Professional Wrestling. And we got a very new fame. Thanks to Christina for the amazing work. David the Smart Mart, how are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm uh, sat out in my garden as we record this. I'm in my man cave. I'm trying to avoid my beer fridge at the moment because I've got to go on, on the radio this afternoon or later on today. Um, and it's glorious. I'm, I'm sat here looking at my, my dog and my wife and I'm not sure which one I love more. I'm not going to help you with that answer. You should know that answer already. Well, yes. My wife's just answered dog in the background, so, um, hey, you know, I'll, I'll take either. We are recording on Mother's Day Sunday here in the United States, so let me take this moment to wish a happy Mother's Day to all the moms listening to the show. Yeah, and happy happy Mother's Day from the UK for all the uh, American listeners. Yeah, hi guys, um, have a great day. We are recording also before WrestleMania Wash, Rinse, and Repeat, other known as Backlash. <laughs> we will have a special breakdown show coming up on Tuesday evening, talking all the good, the bad, and most definitely the ugly of this show coming up this afternoon. I can't say I'm looking forward to it. Are you? No, 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 not really either. This is one where I would hit skip if I wasn't doing a podcast. We will watch it, we will dissect it, and no doubt we'll have lots of positive things to say on Tuesday. You have high hopes, high hopes, my friend. I do, I do. Foreverly optimistic, Sean. Well, while you're in a positive state of mind, let's slide over to the Control Center <laughs> and catch everybody up to date. This is your Radio Free Pro Wrestling Control Center. All the wrestling news you need to know. Now, David, you know one card that I'm actually looking forward to is coming up this next weekend, May 14th. It's Capital Collision from New Japan Pro Wrestling, and this card is stacked to the max. Yeah, well, you know you know my opinion of NJPW. They can do no wrong. And um, there's a very, very interesting main event. I'm looking forward to that. The, um, the Is it the four-way? Yes, there's a four-way for the United States Championship, as you had Tanahashi versus Moxley versus Juice Robinson, the newly member of Bullet Club Juice Robinson. We'll get to that later. And everybody's favorite, Will Ospreay. Certainly my favorite. Although that's about him for man that really really is you're gonna get the impression that that is must see you also have okada and trent Barreta versus jay white and hikuleto you have eddie kingston versus toriho ishii brody king versus suzuki the weakest match on this card i see so far is great okan versus chase owens yeah that's fair that's fair no it's a very good card a very very good card and coming off what potentially um could be a bit of a dud this weekend no pun intended I'm looking, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, May and June are going to be great for wrestling because obviously we've got AEW's um, Double or Nothing coming up and they're leading up to Forbidden Door, which has the potential to be one of the best wrestling shows of the last 10 years. Okay, and speaking of Forbidden Door, they literally sold 11,000 tickets in about 40 minutes during their pre-sale. And the next day following, they sold another like four to seven thousand tickets. So technically, it's a sellout within inside of two days. So this could be a very eventful event. And it's in the United Center in Chicago, isn't it? Yes, it is. So you've got a great venue. Obviously, Punk's going to be on that card somewhere. Punk in the United Center is gold ratings, seat bums on seats, whatever you want to call it, Sean. I hope they get his opponent right. That's going to be interesting. But obviously. 
that will build itself. Yeah, I really, really like this. I really, really like what we're building to. Uh, thank God for fight credits. Thank God for fight TV credits and me being st- stringent and saving them every month because there's some shows coming up that, that you're just not going to be able to afford to miss. Unfortunately, it's some bad news. So last month, I was talking about how Tammy Six was arrested after had been involved in an accident where the pastor of another car passed away. So now Tammy Six is facing nine felony accounts for this accident. And if she's convicted of all nine accounts, she could possibly spend 30 years in jail. Yeah, mate, you're closer to that than me. Um, Obviously, I've only got, I only see what the dirt sheets um, put out. Um, And you know, obviously, a little bit more about how American law would work with me. All I can say is she's got history. It's not the first time. You know, this is pretty damn serious, even if it was a one-off, let alone her being a repeat offender. I'm sorry, if she goes, she goes. And it means people will be safer on the American roads. It's a sad and tragic story, but it's also a story where you can only help somebody if they're willing to accept help. And unfortunately, she's got to a point where she's totally self-destructed. Yeah, there's a lot of truth in that. And also on a more harsher scale, yeah, you know, everyone deserves second chances and that if they can show repentance. But how many more times, Sean? And, you know, it's just... You've got to help yourself before. It, it's, it is a sad tale, but I'm afraid now she's pushed too far. She deserves to go. Exactly, David. I'm hoping she gets the book thrown at her, and I know that's not going to be any comfort to the family who lost the person in the accident. Yeah. But this has to be the end of Tammy Stitch as we know Tammy Stitch. Yeah, and no one can say, no one can say it hasn't been coming. Um, you know, repeat, repeat, repeat. You know, mugshot after mugshot being put on the uh, internet. You know, I'm, I'm sorry, and this is probably the worst one she's done. Her family have lost a family member because of her stupidity and incompetence. No easy way to slide over to our third news story, but we'll go ahead and slide over to our third one. Friday Night Smackdown as they go back and try live commentary during the breaks in the show. So this past Friday night on SmackDown, the people in the arena were able to hear the commentary from Michael Cole and Pat McAfee during the commercial breaks. Now, if you remember back in 2011, WWE tried to do this thing where they had an add-on to their ticket sales where you could actually have a radio receiver to pick up the commentary as you're watching the live events. Now, I feel like this could work in 2022. Yeah, 100%. We do it here in England all the time. I tell you where we particularly we do it with, and there's been um, there's been some events over here. We do it. At, I know this might confuse American viewers, but we do it at the cricket because cricket with um, test matches is a, uh, or one day is is a long day event. There is always a TV and radio commentary, and when you go to a game, you can buy an earpiece, and then you can pick either the TV or the radio commentary in sync with what you're watching. Recently, they've just done it with we've had we've finished up over Maybank Holiday here, um, the World Snooker Championships, not snooker but snooker, and they also have combined. It, it, it's held the World Finals are held in a theatre in Sheffield, very traditional but it's been held there for years and the audience can buy an earpiece and they can listen to the tv commentary from it so yes i think it works i've experienced it myself and it is a very very good tool and a very very good adage particularly if there is something going on that the tv that the live audience sometimes doesn't see or get the commentators fill in the gaps so you can actually it actually can make the experience of being live at an event more rewarding sure 
I do believe so, especially when you have matches who go into the crowd or you have a match that goes to the backstage area. It would be so much better to actually be able to hear the commentary as you're looking up on the screen and try to watch the match. Yeah, absolutely. 100% great point. And also let people know where they are. You've seen them go off, say, towards the hard camera, but, you know, all of a sudden they end up looking at AEW recently when uh, they Jeff Hardy did that stupid swanton in merch. You know, some people may not have seen that or, or you know, what have you, you know, yeah, great to tell the people where they are and what they're doing. Exactly, and why waste a spot like that where they don't hear the commentary like, oh my god, he's doing a swanton off of this ladder. Yeah, bigger. Yeah, 100%. Can only add to the live experience. Okay, in a shocking departure from AEW, Stu Grayson has announced that his contract has expired with AEW, one half of the tag team with Evil Uno, and I thought <laughs> one of the best members of Dark Order is no more with AEW. Well, Super Smash Brothers are no more. They've officially gone, haven't they? Remember, cast your mind back to when AEW was first formed, and they brought started bringing talent in. And on some of them, there were questions raised, and some of the more cynical people are going, oh, well, Tony Khan is an indie mark, he's an indie mark. And there was some truth in that, Sean, because I remember all the hubbub, and, and again, I'm not wishing to pick up a horrible experience, but when Jimmy Havoc was one of the early picks for AEW, people were like, what the hell is he doing? But what they don't know is Cody pushed for Jimmy Havoc. Someone obviously pushed for Super Smash Brothers, and, you know, the pair of them came over. Now, obviously, then we saw the formation of Dark Order, and um, Evil Uno has pretty much held his own. But you've not seen Stu Grayson, and I blame John Silver in a nice way, because John Silver is basically Stu Grayson. Stu Grayson's a great wrestler, but he wasn't really given the chance to shine. John Silver was, and they're both talented, Silver's young. Grayson got put in the background. You know, his personality. What have you? And, yeah, it's no shock, really, that he's, he's been let go at the end of his contract. They've got to start dragging some money back and some bodies back because the roster is so big for the television, um, even allowing for the addition of ROH now. But, yeah, I'm not surprised at seeing Stu Grayson go. He'll, he'll get plenty of indie work. He won't struggle for work. Our last news story of the week is also a release, but it's kind of a happy release. I do believe because according to all the reports out there, Candice Ray, Mrs. Wrestling, Mrs. Same Face is a free agent as her contract with the WWE has expired. And could you see the happy couple pop it up in AEW, Impact, or somewhere else? Honestly, my first thought is Impact. And I think that they would be, I'm not a fan, you know that. But I've never knocked his in-ring work. He's just got a huge lack of personality. I think they'd be brilliant for Impact. Absolutely brilliant. AEW, they get lost in the, you know, Tony's trying to look cut back. Does he really need, for one initial pop, let's face it, I don't know whether we're going to talk about this yet because you never give me, a, you never send me a script. When Morrissey turned up on Wednesday night, did he get the sort of reaction Tony was really looking for? No, not for me. But we got, I want to talk about that match anyway later on, even if I have to bring it up as a sideline. But no, um, I think Impact will be the perfect fit for Mr. and Mrs. Soundface. Okay, David, it depends. I wonder what shape Candice is in. We know that she just recently had a baby. Is she ready to get back in the ring now? Or is she working towards getting back in the ring? Because you know there's two Jokers in this AEW Owen Hart tournament. One for the men, one for the women. Could they be the Jokers? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up our control center. And we're going to head over to the stunning six questions. It's time for the stunning six questions. All of the whys and what have they done now? Hopefully Sean and David can make sense of it. 
Okay, David, let me provide you some background to stunning question number one. Last night, WWE had a house show in Trenton, New Jersey, and Roman Reigns broke character and told the crowd that this may be his last time in Trenton, New Jersey. My question to you, David, how long do you see Roman Reigns being a full-time member of the WWE roster? Wow, okay, that's news to me. I must admit, I haven't seen that. I think that they're inevitably got to have a SummerSlam main event with uh, Roman and The Rock. In theory, do we build with that next March, April? What do we do? I think Roman deserves some time off. Like him or not, he's done a sterling job as champion. He is the biggest name in the business at the moment, without a shadow of a doubt. Whether you like WWE or not, you can't deny that what he's done, and he doesn't have bad matches, but he's got no opponents. He's got no credible opponents since Brock has gone. So... I'm going to say to you, that could well be the case. He could be taking some time off, long-term time off. But don't discount a WrestleMania program with our good friend Wayne. Okay, David. I believe that we are in the last year of Roman Reigns being a full-time WWE professional wrestler. I do believe that the main event of WrestleMania is going to be Rock versus Roman. It's probably going to be the second of their matches. Maybe they have one in the fall here. And this is the one where we get to see Roman go off into the night. He goes makes movies like The Rock and he becomes like John Cena where you see him every now and then as a special attraction. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't disagree with any of that. I, absolutely 100% now, Dom. I think he's probably sat now and looked on at what Austin, Cena and The Rock have done with their movie careers. To a lesser extent, Austin, I suppose. But yeah, and he's certainly capable of that if he can act. You know, I have to say, Cena, I've never, never ever been a fan of Cena, but as an actor, I, I think he's found his niche. And obviously, The Rock's The Rock. You don't have to talk, you know, you know he's, he's a special breed. Exactly, David. Stunning question number two for the week. There's two Jokers in the Owen Hart tournament for AEW. One in the women's tournament and one in the men's tournament. Interesting part of this is the Jokers are facing Samoa Joe and D.M.D. Britt Baker. And I'm thinking, who are you going to get to be these Jokers? Because normally when you use a Joker term in AEW, it's a new debut. But do you want to debut two people and have them lose to two of your top stars? Now, I've had down ever since the male Joker was announced. I've had it nailed up. And if I'm wrong, I will run around my garden covered in ketchup naked right i absolutely 100 percent. it's miro it's miro's return it has to be for the male joker you think about it miro versus joe joe losing to miro is no big thing for for joe joe could take a loss to miro on his return you've got a great match you've got a slobber knocker you've got two equal guys you, you know, it, it's going to be great. And Miro then gets the premise of he's joined the Owen Hart tournament and he could go all the way. As for the ladies, I haven't got a Scooby. With you mentioning Candice, that could be a good point. But I certainly don't think it's Johnny in tandem. It's a nice booking idea, really nice booking idea. But I, I don't think so. But I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Candice come out, now you've said it, with a female joke. Apart from that, I've not got a clue. So put, put some thoughts in my head, big man. Okay, so the two most likely candidates <sighs> that I've seen on all the other websites is Dakota Kai and the former Emmer Moon. Now, out of those two people, I probably would take Dakota Kai to face Britt Baker. I think that would be a good match. But I love your idea for the men's Joker being Miro. That match between Samoja would be amazing. My only fault to that is I would want to put it on double or nothing. I want to build a sucker and go like, hey guys, 
buy this card, we get Samoa Joe versus Miro. No, it's not, is it? You're right. Well, okay, well, that was my thought process. I'm glad you agree with it. Great call over Ember Moon or Dakota Kai. Great call. I'm, I've forgotten about Do you know what? Because you know my opinion of Ember um however that said from a booking scenario for tony that's a great shout sean i could see that happening i think that's an excellent an excellent call but no i think it will be i i think definitely with the men i'll and i i'm so i'm i'm certain about it i'm i've never been more certain okay so the interesting fact about this women's tournament is on the side of the bracket you have the possibility of jamie hager advancing to face Baker, and I feel like that's the direction they're going to go. That's why I feel like the women's Joker is going to be somebody that can take a loss to Brick Baker because would you really want your former AEW champion to lose in the first round? That is a good point, and that's the difference between the women's and the men's. Whoever makes their debut has got to be able to take a loss. I agree with you entirely, whoever it is, Brick goes through, but in the men's side of it, Joe, because it's Joe, can take a loss. And that's why I think Miro, again, fits the bill. Joe, we could justify a loss um, to Miro for Joe. Okay, so we're moving over to stunning question number three this week. And it comes from New Japan Pro Wrestling as they celebrate the anniversary of the Bullet Club back on May 3rd. <laughs> and they have added a new member. And that new member is Juice Robinson. David, Chiefs Robinson, really? Bullet Club? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. They've, they've, they've taken the risk. You can't. I've got no issue with Juice Robinson at all. Decent enough. Is he the one? Time will tell. I can see both sides of this. You're taking a gamble. Let's see how it plays out. I'm not going to condemn it. First up, I see where you're going with this, with this question. Um, and I understand that. But I'm going to, for once, sit on the fence and say, let's see how it pans out. Okay, so another thing coming out of this last event for New Japan Pro Wrestling is the fact that looks like we're going to Okada versus Jay White during the summer here for a series of matches. Are you ready for the switchback to regain what is rightfully his? Because it's no. still his era. Oh, shut up. I don't say that to you very often. You'll try to wind me up. Now, Okada all the way. No, no two ways about it. I, you know, you're not going to change my opinion from that. You, you're just being naughty and mischievous, Mr. Burkhead. Getting back to Juice Robinson for a second, I feel like he's maybe be a step or two above Chase Owens, but he's going to be lost in the mid card of the Bullet Club. Right on two counts. I can't argue with either. This is why I said wait until it plays out. You know, there is there is an element of really, but you think about it, New Japan. Don't often get their booking wrong, Sean. They make more triumphs than mistakes. So, again, I'm prepared to give it a go. See how it plays out. Okay, David. We're moving over to stunning question number four this week. And it comes from Progress Wrestling because I feel like they have the best storyline going in professional wrestling at the moment. Because Spike Turbay has basically become the most evil person in progress as he has caused the Black Swan Karnawa his title and he has stolen his mask only to destroy said mask in the last chapter of progress wrestling mate that we were chatting about this online last night before recording as i was finally getting to see chapter 133 spike trevay let me give you a bit of background if you don't know what sean's talking about they, this is one area where they're actually touching on the realms of british politics within British wrestling because genuinely Spike Trevay comes from a upper class background here in the UK was sent to university 
was sent to Cambridge, I believe, genuinely as a person, but wanted to be a wrestler. He has that university, upper class, Harrow, Eton background in him, in real life. He comes from one of the poshest counties in the UK. That's the equivalent of the American States, which is Buckinghamshire. And he is, this is where, where wrestling is so good, because the character he's playing isn't far removed from real life and his promos are absolutely gold you can get past the upper class british accent and therefore the crowd particularly in the current political climate are climbing all over him for being the equivalent of right wing tory conservative politician which he doesn't quite admit to but he plays on now what he's had the nerve to do is the ultimate hero in progress progress wrestling Cara noir the black swan the world champion of god knows how many months who's had the stellar matches everywhere he's been including a trio with uh dragon off that is for the ages no two ways about it spike feels he's been ignored and they've done this very, very well. So Spike's ambushed Kara. He's, Kara's lost the title. He's, he's at his wit's end. And Spike, in one episode, actually gave him a beating where they showed where, again, wrestling, but where wrestling goes into reality, he really made a mess of his back. There were photographs and pictures of Kara Noir's back, and he'd actually torn lumps of flesh out of his back. No blading, no nothing. He genuinely, genuinely, and obviously they'd agreed this to make it look, you know, realistic, and it looked horrendous. Now, they've been building this with some great Spike promos. Now, if you haven't seen this, spoiler alert, okay? Spoiler alert, I'm going to say. So if you don't want to know the results and want to watch for yourself, um, pause or fast-forward the podcast. On Progress 133, Spike has a match with Danny Black promising young British talent. But in theory, obviously, it's set up for Spike to go over. You half expect what, what's coming. Kara comes out, but he doesn't come out from the entrance. He comes out from the fire exit. Spike is carrying Kara's mask. He brought it to the ring, had done a promo, and Kara gets a chair and sits on the entranceway. Now, the Progress crowd are quite a smart crowd, and they started singing the Cranberries song of Zombie, but using the lines from the chorus, he's in your head, in your head, Spike Trevay, Spike Trevay, he's in your head. And Kara, actually not expecting this, breaks character and bursts out laughing at one point in the pro- program and then takes it back to a smile like it was all planned. Very clever stuff. Anyway, upshot of the matches. Spike loses the match because he's distracted by Kara. Traditional wrestling stuff. Loses his temper. Smashes Kara's mask. Which forces Kara into the ring to kick seven out of Spike. Split by the referees. Genuinely, genuine emotion in the crowd. And bear in mind, this is a smart crowd. They know wrestling. They know it's pre, you know, the predator. All the good stuff. They're enjoying the storyline. And it is one of the best wrestling storylines around at the moment. Been for four or five years. And I have to hold my hands up to progress. Something I don't like doing. It is fantastic. And I cannot wait to see how this plans out. Sorry, Sean, I've gabbled on there. It was like one of the best innings to a match. Just the fact that you have Carr storming the ring. He is upset to the 10th degree. He's about to 
hard drive spiked her bay into the broken mass and you see all the progress officials pull them apart and the crowd is hating every moment because they want to see the power driver yeah yeah absolutely filled in bits that i'd um that i'd, I'd missed mate well done yeah i mean the crowd were lapping this up absolutely lapping this up and they're back in the um they're back in the garage for this it's been announced at 134 the chapter 134 that they will meet be interested to see where they go because i don't think there'll be a clean finish to this i think that they'll drag this out for two or three matches and rightly so and rightly so um it's absolutely it was absolutely brilliant the whole of chapter 133 over two well it's two nights of the Atlas tournament. They're both worth watching. They really are. There's a couple of dodgy ladies matches in it, and that's not wishing to upset the female contingent because it just happens that there was. Um, but there's some great, great matches in this. Um, and the performance of the gentleman, again, I won't put spoilers in with this, the performance of the guy that actually wins the Atlas tournament is very, very impressive. Well, David, we spent a good amount of time talking about one of the best things in professional wrestling. So, stunning question number five. What was the worst wrestling segment or match of the week? And I got you three options. I can give you Braun Breaker versus Joe Gacy from NST 2.0, where you see a clean finish for Braun Breaker to win, only to be forced to the WWE socials to see Gacy's Druids basically beat down Breaker and throw him through a table. But also on the same episode of NST 2.0, Tasha Attraction, your main level heel women faction, have a day at the beach ruined by a person in a shark's onesie. Or on AEW Dynamite, one of my favorite tag teams, the Barsley Bonds, they call out the House of Black, and you were hoping the baby faces are going to beat down the evil House of Black to defend the honor of Julia Hart, or we're going to see Julia Hart do the heel turn. We can't eat neither as we see House of Black beat down the baby face in the Varsity Bonds, and we don't have any progression in the Julia Hart story. Wow. Yeah, you've picked up three pieces of garbage there, mate. I'll, I'll be honest. Um, okay, in, the, in third place... And this is only because the other two were so much worse. Well, I've got the Varsity... I'll put the Varsity Blondes and the House of Black. Because whilst, yes, it was frustrating, it wasn't quite as bad as the other two. Now, the other two were hard to split, but I'm going to anyway. Um, Number two... In fact, number one was the Bron Breaker storyline, or lack of one, or lack of uh, thought process into it. You're absolutely right. That caused a lot. A lot of conjecture on social media um, about how poorly that was written. Thus leaving in second place your beach storyline with Toxic Attraction. Okay, the storyline with Toxic Attraction reminded me of a B-level, like, dollar store, straight-to-DVD follow-up to Mean Girls. Like, Mean Girls was an okay movie, (laughs) but they decided to do the reboot, and it was so god-awful, they just sent it right straight-to-DVD. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I can't argue with that. Having seen, I, I've got to be honest, I didn't think Mean Girls was up to much. To be fair, well, it was a movie that popped in my head as I'm watching these segments, as I'm watching NXT yeah. 2.0 during the Tuesday night. So I was like, going, they're ripping off everything from Mean Girls, and they're not doing it well. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100% mate. And as we're talking about this, I felt sorry for Brian Pillman Jr. because I love this guy, but we need to hide one of his weakness, and one of his weakness at the moment is promos. Why are you letting him cut a promo in the center of the ring, especially after what came before the Varsity Vaughn segment? This really should have been maybe the opening to the show, have him out there, call out the House of Black. You can have House of Black beat him down for like three minutes. 
and on to something else. But this thing just died a slow death. Mate, Brian Pillman Jr. is so frustrating. The Emerald will... First up, I think they split the varsity blondes up. He's got to have a solo career. Um, you're right about the promo stuff. Cast your mind back, but not that long ago, on Dynamite, where MJF came out in Cincinnati and insulted Cincinnati, Brian Pillman, the Pillman family, um, and did a quality MJF job, right? There you have it. And then, obviously, he comes out. Pillman Jr. comes out to save the day, save the honour of Cincinnati. You know, good quality, traditional wrestling, heel face dynamic. But when you've got someone delivering it as well as MJF as the heel, you know, you, you've got quality there. You know, it, it gives... But Brian Pillman Jr. doesn't have to be that good. But it's a learning curve for him. And in that, in that short and sweet storyline because it went a couple of weeks. Pillman Jr. was more than acceptable. His in-ring's definitely up to scratch, but he needs the right push. However, that promo skills has now died on its bum. It really has gone to part. And he definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, needs some more promo work. But who have you got in AEW to help him now? William Regal. And William Regal this week, I had two highlights of Dynamite. I'm going to bring it up now because I'm not sure where question six is going and stop me if it affects question six. I had two highlights, big highlights of Dynamite. One was Regal's commentary and I know I'm biased about Darren Matthews, um, but I, I just, I'm dying. I'm dying every time he's on the mic. The way he he, he, he puts some, and this to our American, view, our American listeners, I apologise if this is fake, he puts some English carry-on references into his commentary this week. They're niche, but I was on my back laughing because I know what he's doing. And then in the in the Morrissey-Wardlow match, which was truly awful, I don't know what your opinion was, but in my, in my mind it was truly awful, but it was enlivened by the crowd chant. Now, I think you know where I'm going here. Absolutely genius off the cuff. Normally it's European and British British crowds that, that, that make funny chants. This is one of the best ones off the cuff I've heard. If you don't know what I'm talking about, one side of the crowd with Morrissey, the former big cast, coming out, started chanting, we want Enzo, to immediately being shut down by a counter chant of, we want Enzo. No, we don't. And at that point, as I heard that, that was just fantastic. And you could see the performers had heard it and not wanting to laugh as well, because it was just genius. Anyway, I've rambled on again. Sorry. Okay, so with W.M. Morrissey, I feel like there's some there that you can work with in AEW. No, my only fear is he'll get lost in a shuffle of new talent coming into the company. I'm hoping that he sees this and maybe slides back to Impact and does a deal with Impact where he does per date faces because I feel like he would be better served in Impact. That match was clunky. It was a mismatch of styles, and I was happy they only used one powerbomb because I feel like if they did more than one powerbomb, they would destroy anything that was special about WM Morrissey. Sean, spot on. Absolutely bang on. I don't think he's an AW wrestler. I think he should go to Ring of Honor. It'd be a good name to be used in Ring of Honor and just keep his match matches short and sweet. Basically, you have two of the same variety of wrestlers in this match between Warlow and WN Morrissey. And having him in RLH would make sense as a monster hill that you can have Johnson aggressive fight for the RLH world title. And there's the possibility that Morrissey could Grissom this because of his size. But we know the skill of Grissom could carry the day. Yeah, bang on. 
problem with that match with uh, Morrissey and Wardlow, you were kind and called it clunky. And I think that's just your nicer nature. I thought it was awful. But what you have to bear in mind, Wardlow is still greener than the pepper tree. He really, really is. And he needs to be in with more experienced hands. Um, and Morrissey, let's face it, Enzo and, Enzo and Cass were a great gimmick. They were a great tag team. They were entertaining. But they weren't very good in the ring, either of them. And people forget that. Morrissey is not, in my opinion, that good in the ring. So you put something in with someone like Wardlow who's inexperienced, but will get better, you know, it, you were going to get that. Exactly, David. So sixth and final study of the question. As we look ahead towards this week in wrestling, there is a breakout <laughs> tournament in NST 2.0 as we see this week. They're starting with a couple of matches. They haven't announced them yet, but out of all the ladies in this breakout tournament, who's the person that should win this one? Honestly? Yes, honestly. I don't care. That's not the answer you're looking for. It's NXT 2.0. It's appalling. Okay, I will give you two options. Because one is no. the former Reno Honor World Champion, Rotsi. And our second choice is friend of the show, Ariana Grace. I feel like either one yeah, of the two oh. ladies should be the ones that win this. And I was trying to oh, say right. up. Yeah, you, you, you're emotionally blackmailing me now, which is unfair. Right, okay, I'll ask you a question here, and then I will give you an answer. Was Roxy good in Ring of Honor? Okay, in defense here, I don't think we saw enough of her in Ring of Honor to get a good evaluation if she's as good as the hype is. Okay, slightly surprised at that answer, but it was an honest answer. I enjoyed Roxy in Ring of Honor. Do I like Roxy in NXT 2.0? No. And your project, you got her there, you and Nelio, you got her there, no one else, you got her to the stage, and she's just going to be ruined. And bless her, she's a lovely kid. She can wrestle. Coastal Championship, Coastal Championship, Coastal, well, whatever you Americans call showed that. She should have stayed with them in, in hindsight. You two getting her to the big show, like, you know, it shouldn't have I actually feel sorry for her now. So, yeah, all right. You, you made me feel guilty. I am going to go with Roxy should uh, should win the tournament. There you go. Well, you know, I feel sorry for, for Roxy. And I still don't care. Okay, I know you don't care. I feel sorry for Roxy, though, because <laughs> how she's been debuted in NC 2.0, I just want to pull my hair out. I'm going like, this is the former Reina Honor World's Women's Champion, and she's pretty freaking good for her age. Then you have you have Ariana Grace, who just... It's coming into the company, and I'm hoping that they can see the talent in her, and hopefully yeah. she's the one that wins this tournament. Yeah. I'm going to pick her to win this tournament because, A, friend of the show, and B, I'm always biased. No, 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 I understand that. I, I, I totally get that. But the problem is, right, we both just said it, the former Ring of Honor women's champ. That means cock-all to um, Hollywood scriptwriters. You haven't even got Regal or Hunter there, or you know any of the any of the, um, the the genuine wrestlers who know that if you've had the Ring of Honor World Title put on you, you, you obviously have some talent, some ability, or, or what have you. All right, they have to WWE it. Everyone expects that these days. But you haven't even got that, mate. NXT 2.0 is a complete oxygen thief of a wrestling show. I'm sorry. There's no look at look at our number one pick for the worst bit of the week. Sorry, can can I just make one more point? Go ahead, you're fine. Thank you. I appreciate that. Also, to all the Americans on social media, crucifying pretty deadly. I can't actually say what I want to say because you won't let me. But all the Americans crucifying pretty deadly. You suck. All of you are absolutely fantastic. Go and check. 
their indie workout. It's not them sucking in NXT 2.0 sucking. It's NXT sucking, and I'm getting all sucked up. I've had too many sucks, so there we go. Thank you for that, Sean. And ladies and gentlemen, on that beautiful tirade that David just went off on. We are going to slide over to the end of the show as we tell you tomorrow on Finland Youth Radio, the Rock and Roll Wrestling Show is back on the air. David the Smart Mart is joined by the most stunning American possible, myself, 5 p.m. GMT, noon Eastern. Check it out. Yeah, absolutely. And there will be a repeat time um, coming back soon again uh, through the stunning one. And myself, you'll get to know the repeat time. Basically, I'm going to have a quick catch up. Um, I'm going to talk about WrestleMania. I'm going to talk about where the WWE is. Forbidden Door is going to take a lot of my, a lot of the show up because obviously it's a major, major event and breakthrough. And obviously we'll do an AW update. Um, and then you will also get some wrestling themes and the stuff segment as well if we're still are we still calling it the stunning segment my friend of course i mean it's the sunny segment with a new stunning intro by myself i cannot wait ladies and gentlemen that has been david the smart mark this is stunning sean until the tirade that will be known as the wwe backlash reaction show better known as as david and my tirade tuesday episode we'll see you then stay stunning this is sergeant arms of christina on behalf of the guys Thanks for listening to today's show. Please head over to Apple Podcast and leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next time, the liberation continues.